1: Everybody and welcome. You've tuned into episode number 187 of Linux in the Hampshack. And this one's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be free form and a free for all. And we're going to talk about all kinds of different things. And they may or may not be amateur radio and open source related. Uh, and they may be. We, we don't really know. But uh, I'm Russ, K5TUX, uh, the usual host for the evening. And we also have Cheryl.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: And we have from Big Getting Warmer uh sky country in <laughs> montana bill any four r d good evening everyone uh we have Eric who is not a ham but says it could be interesting to him someday.
3: I have relatives who are hams
2: okay,
1: so, so that counts yep. <laughs> yeah
2: that's friends that's of my hands. second
3: degree of separation, so it's closer than <laughs> Kevin bacon
1: <laughs> <laughs> very good, and we also have Rob and his call sign has scrolled off my screen so he'll just have to tell us what it is
2: yeah it's kd two m s r
1: 82 msr so where are you at rob i am in uh oneonta new york uh it's just upstate area of new york all right very good and the reason that we're having a roundtable discussion tonight is because we're lazy that's why because <laughs> <laughs> actually bill's not lazy bill did lots of work for the show which he will probably regret later uh <laughs> um, always does lots of work for he does show, lots though. of yep he's the glue that, that binds the show together
0: oh so
1: <laughs> <Aww>. yeah <laughs> Uh the rest of us were too busy to be bothered so we just brought a bunch of people on to talk about some stuff so there we go and we had a huge discussion about uh thermostats and electrical wiring and all kinds of stuff and a little bit of ee maybe I'll just put that at the end of the episode or something so everybody can go. experience yeah. the wonder of uh <laughs> the wonder of my furnace.
2: <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
3: Uh, this, but, this will be like the uh, the added content for
1: all the supporters. Yeah, you.
2: exactly.
3: That's yeah, right. It's, it, it's worth every penny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to do electrical wiring badly, stay tuned.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> but we should probably at least try and uh, have a little bit of a show before we do that. And, and Bill, you know what? Since you put all of this stuff in here, you're probably going to have to carry us a little bit. We can talk a little amateur radio before we before we roam too far afield.
2: All right, Bill, knock yourself out.
4: Yeah, we've got a couple things here. Just uh, new from uh, the ARRL. We have uh, new bands. The FCC issues amateur radio service rules for 630 meters and 200 and oh, sorry, two thousand two hundred meters. <laughs> So, uh, it's been a long time coming, but the amateur service will get two new bands in the near future. The FCC, on March 28th, adopted rules that will allow secondary amateur radio access to 472 to 479 kilohertz. That's your 630-meter band. And to uh, 135.7 to 137.8 kilohertz. That's the 2200-meter band with some minor conditions. Uh, Basically, there's some power limit restrictions on both of these bands. And I believe uh, the uh, 630 meters is five watts. I'm, I'm just guessing. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the two, uh, 2200 meters is a one watt uh, limitation on it. So we've talked about 630 meters here in the past and how there's been a lot of testing. And, and uh, I've been on Whisper with it and stuff like that, just listening. And there's quite a bit of activity. But uh, now it looks like they're going to roll it out here to the rest of us. And I believe we are still secondary on these. That's probably why there's such a, a low power requirement for it.
1: Probably so. And uh, so you've actually done a little listening. You said you were listening on the 630. Is that where you're doing, Bill? Yeah,
4: yeah. I've done some uh, whisper listening on uh, 630 meters. So where did, where
1: is your propagation on 630?
4: Uh, you know, it's uh, Canada and uh, pretty much, uh, I'd say, about a 600-mile circle. Okay. So not bad. Um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm assuming they're running, you know, whatever the regulated power is, 10 Watts or whatever. And obviously at that low of frequency, you have to have quite a bit of a skywire. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, just, just a little bit of length to your, uh, to your antenna. Otherwise you get tons of loss anyway. Um, which will probably be how most amateurs will get onto it. They'll just, uh, uh calculate the loss, uh, input to the, uh, the good old tuner. That's going to soak it all up. <laughs> and What little is left. will get out to that antenna. But uh, like like with most uh, you know low power modes, obviously it still does a pretty darn fine job.
1: Yeah, because a quarter wave is uh, what two hundred fifteen, so a hundred and seven and a half meters. <laughs> yeah, so wow. yeah, quarter wave is uh, longer than a football field. So yeah, that's a big antenna.
4: So basically, most people probably just have some huge capacitance hat, which will be the actual horizontal part of the antenna, and then they'll have some small vertical radiator. Uh, right. there, there are there are many uh, you know, plans and stuff like that for, uh, for loaded antennas and stuff like that that are already kind of making their way to the Internet. So uh, if you're interested in trying that out, you know, and your radio is already opened up where you can transmit to that, uh, when it becomes available, uh, it'll soon be available because this is all part of the same uh, uh, region updates that we've uh, been talking about.
1: All right. Very cool. So I guess I can read the next one. This is an easy one. So (laughs) I'll give you a second to breathe there, Bill.
4: It's it's along the same lines. It's basically a very similar thing. Right.
1: Okay. Well, uh, we have another story about Cuba instituting new amateur radio regulations. Cuban hams are scrutinizing and debating the details of new regulations for the island nation. The Cuban Ministry of Communications adopted the new regulatory scheme on February 28th. IARU Region 2 posted the new amateur radio service regulations as a PDF, uh, but it's in Spanish, so make sure you have your translator or your um, high school Spanish hat on. Three license classes are available. First-class licensees have CO prefix call signs and may run up to 2,000 watts on nice. uh, unauthorized bands. Second-class licenses have CM prefix calls, may run up to 100 watts, and third-class licenses have CL prefixes and can run up to a 10 whole watts. Upgrading from second to first class requires three years of experience in the lower license category. Wow, that's pretty strict. <laughs> while upgrading from third to second class requires two years experience in the lower license category. First and second class licenses must pass a five word per minute Morse code test. Wow, they're strict down there. But just like everything in Cuba, it's about 40 years behind. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's
4: it's really not a bad setup that they have. And uh, they also have the the new 630 meters and 2200 meters with the same uh, limitation of power. So there are a lot of, caveats to those power regulations, just like there are here in the U.S. They have to follow. We're we're in the same region, so they have to follow the same requirements. Um, They also have 60-meter access, and I believe they're at 50 watts, and I believe there's also an antenna height
1: restriction, too, on that above ground level. All right. Mind if I ask a newbie dumb question? No, that's exactly what these are all for, so go for it. Okay, great.
3: Great. What was it like before... Uh what was like the ham uh signals coming out of Cuba? Like did it, 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 were there very many people talking um from oh, Cuba yeah. before oh, yeah. oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked okay. Cuba
4: back into the nineties when I first was licensed. So
1: um ten fi- ten and fifteen meters regularly have uh people from Cuba on. So uh there's there's great propagation on those bands out of Cuba into the United States. Uh, and, yeah, and, and elsewhere to work, as well. Uh, so. Cuba on two meter sideband as well. So, oh wow, yeah. When you get a little so. tropospheric ducting going, sure, why not?
4: <laughs> no, no. <I laughs> well, mean, I when, that's enough. right. When really, you were in like
1: 100 miles, in, right? When you were in Florida, sure, not from Montana. In Florida, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not now. Hails <laughs> <Hells> no. Hails <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. So also, you, I worked them on the, RS10.
3: <laughs> you don't know of any like uh, the uh, the Cuban government trying to Castro trying to track or uh, crack down on transmissions of uh, from ham radio guys from the
1: island i yeah. mean no licensed you know hams are licensed in cuba and they're cool. you know ready um legal to operate just like anybody else so and yeah it's there's like
4: third-party traffic restrictions and stuff like that like there has been right. um, but that's that's different you know just straight point-to-point communication is fine but when it gets to third-party traffic then you got to pull out the old you know handy dandy don't talk to this country and pass, you know, someone else's message to a person to pass to someone else got it. got it that's how they got around it yeah it's like you can work venezuela and everything else you know as well which you know is another one of the hot spots for over here
1: but even the united states has third party communication rules for amateur radio so it's it's not yes. like it's uh only in cuba where they're restrictive of of these kind of things so it's just it's just a function of what communications are permitted to the amateur radio class. That's all. Got it. So, Thanks. No problem. All right, Bill, you're up again.
4: <laughs> I didn't have any more for amateur radio. I, I, I was going to try to get on this weekend and do the AM rally and stuff like that. But as usual, I was having antenna issues. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was having I life got, issues. I did notice my noise floor went down. So uh, I actually have a, a somewhat normal noise floor now. So at least that problem went away.
1: I, I been, think I had you know,
4: to do with that flare.
1: I've had my radio on 40 meters lately, and actually the propagation has been fairly good here. I don't know about, uh, and the noise floor is, I don't know where it usually is, about 3S units for me. So not too bad, at least on 40.
3: Yeah, um, does uh, your antenna start to fail after it gets a little old?
4: Uh, it, it'll <laughs> oxidize. Like, you'll have your connection points and stuff like that. They'll, they'll begin to oxidize, especially when you're talking about mat- matching copper to aluminum. Oh yeah if you haven't, if you haven't put any uh, you know type of no locks or something like that on there to prevent any type of oxidation it will uh, react a little bit and over time you'll you'll start uh, losing that circuit so it's just the
3: connections that are that are, that could go bad
4: yeah okay. yeah I mean there are also components in the antenna like uh, you know some of the some are trapped where they have like a you know separate coil of wire inside uh, to make the element electrically longer. Those can go bad because water can get in, and again, they can uh, deteriorate from that. Uh, I have an antenna that has capacitors on it. Those tend to go bad too um, over time. You know, the strain of the antenna being up there was swinging around in the wind and stuff like that can cause you know, various strain points and stuff like that. So there, there, there's always maintenance that you have to do to you know, maintain an antenna system.
1: Got it. All right, cool. So that's our amateur radio topics for the evening, at least as far as we've gone. And we've got a couple of things we can touch on in the open source world. So as I said before, Bill, you're up.
4: had one of these articles pop up, the best open source software of 2017. You know, we're only here in the first quarter of the the year and there's already a best list out. And, you know, generally these are always clickbait and, you know, to get ad revenue or whatever for uh, the website. But I had to click through because I was looking for stuff and uh, I was uh, able to find something I haven't seen before, which was uh, Shotcut, which is a uh, open source video editor. This was listed as their best open source video editor, although they did uh, point to I think Lightroom as the best non uh, non open source <coughs> video editor for Linux. So uh, yeah, so I I, I kind of played around Shotcut a little bit. I didn't get to uh, really editing files and stuff like that. I did take a look at some videos and and uh, some of the tools and features and stuff like that, and it looks pretty cool and maybe I'll do a, a little bit further review on it if uh, there's any interest. Um other items on the list, uh, no surprise, Gimp was in there, Firefox, Thunderbird, DLC, audacity and uh KeePass, uh which I haven't used KeyPass before, but uh I know uh, that's become uh, real popular again with uh, all the uh Vault 7 releases and all the broken uh, <laughs> uh CIA and NSA having, you know, you know copies of uh, backdoors and all these other uh password stores and stuff like that so that was over on uh tech radar and uh i'm sure eventually this stuff will get in the show notes <laughs> it,
1: it, it will eventually get to the show notes yes and i actually use keypass a lot that's that's a great utility for us at work so oh, okay yeah. um that, and, and i it's use a, gimp
3: all the time myself too
1: yeah i use gimp too for any kind of photo editing or, or anything like that um i use it for all kind of stuff doing brochures like when you like at our booth like all of the pamphlets that we uh pass out like our banner anything that's uh production quality stuff is pretty much done in gimp it's either done in gimp or scribus uh, depending on whether it's uh like a published document or more image based and pdf based so uh one of those two things i use so
3: i think they just recently or not too long ago but they had an updated release of gimp 2.8.2 oh
1: yeah, the no, greatest—the was- greatest thing that happened in GIMP 2.8 was that they had the single window mode. That was the one thing that made GIMP like perfectly usable for me again. So, <laughs> yes, um, yeah, because I—I I mean, I—I I sort of understand the non-doc toolbars and stuff like that, but my brain doesn't function that way. I have to have a screen <laughs> with an app on it. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, GIMP is an incredibly powerful tool, and if you is you know as long as you didn't come from like the Adobe Illustrator, or Adobe Creator style you know side of things, it's very easy to learn GIMP. But if you already learned Adobe, then you have a a little bit of a steeper curve getting into GIMP. But you know you probably should because it's it's very super powerful software.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, so uh, Bill, I guess you're gonna have to do this one too. Oh, you know what? You you just got. Well, wait. Maybe we can get Cheryl to read this one. It's just a story, so so she can like sit up straight. And but. lean closer to the microphone. <laughs> yeah,
2: but now I have to open up the document again. So, what do well, I doing? Whoa, wait, wait. Why don't you open up
1: the document on your laptop, which is sitting in front of you?
2: Uh, because I can't get into my email. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, fine. Well, we'll wait, wait for you to pull up the Google Doc on your phone. I, I have
2: it right here. Yep. And there is something wrong with my
1: laptop. I'm, let's just not worry about your laptop right now, okay? We, you, there's my so screen, many other things going on right now. My screen keeps
2: going dark on it. Oh, God. So. It's because
1: of my furnace wiring, isn't it? It's it like- probably <laughs> is. <laughs> exactly. Russ, that's a pre-show
0: joke. It's a teaser got, now. Right. got to subscribe in order
3: to get the uh, additional content.
2: Right. <laughs> All right. Fine. I'll do the next story.
0: Okay. Jeez.
2: Um. So, our next story tonight is uh, open source promised and removed Tetris MicroCard by Arduboy. The Tetris MicroCard is a version of Arduboy, an 8-bit Arduino-based handheld device which plays open source software. The device was supposed to ship with Tetris and a second-user reprogrammable chip. I received my Tetris MicroCard yesterday. First impressions, Tetris plays great. I love the horizontal form factor. That said... I'm very disappointed the second chip was removed from the final version of the board. I feel cheated. I'm extremely disappointed in the Arduboy team and customer service due to lack of transparency and communication regarding the Tetris Microcard product and for silently removing the second reprogrammable chip from the final release. And that was a story from Reddit. Oh,
1: so. yeah. We should talk about Reddit before we end the show. Yeah. So, but anyway, was that that wasn't from you. That was from RGBoy's point of view. That wasn't Bill's point yes, of view.
4: So. Yeah, that's yeah. from RGBoy's uh, right. point of view and uh yeah, so uh this is a a buyer beware when you get these kickstarters and stuff like that, you may not get exactly what you ordered, but uh you know, being an open source, quote unquote <laughs> project, <laughs> you would think that there would be a little bit better uh communication and transparency uh, among the uh process, but uh yeah, I've seen I've seen this all too You know, too often recently with uh, a lot of these uh, projects and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm starting to steer away from even paying attention to all these Kickstarters now.
1: Yeah, some of them, you know, there's a lot of FUD and cruft and stuff in the Kickstarter world. But every once in a while, a little gem comes along. So,
4: yeah, I mean, it's still good to watch them, you know, kind of just see what's going to be coming to market and stuff like that.
1: I saw there was a Kickstarter for a really nice um, drone that came out and it wasn't that long ago and some of the some of the really like the 4k quality three mile range drones are upwards of like four or five grand and this was one of those and it was coming in like under a thousand. Oh wow uh so that might be something worth looking at and then there was another one i can't remember if it was a kickstarter or not but it was about four months ago i think and they it was an indian company that was putting out seven hundred dollar wind turbines
2: and really? I think it's been longer than that. Yeah, it that... may have been a little
1: longer. It wasn't that long ago, though. And I don't know if that one got funded or not, but if it did, I am definitely going to be looking at doing wind power out here because we could we could power our entire friggin' neighborhood from our backyard. Right <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that was that was pretty amazing. And I think the seven hundred dollars was like the production price, and it was actually cheaper. You could get like two of them for that if you were in on the Kickstarter. So, and these are one kilowatt turbines. Wow. So. Yeah, that, that seemed amazing. I don't know if it, it got funded or not. I, I need to go back and look at that, but if it did, I want to check it out. Yeah,
3: I was um, following and actually decided to jump dive into an Indiegogo campaign for a uh, camera stabilizer, but you attach your cell phone or a GoPro to it. It's one of those uh, gyroscopic units that have like uh, right. three-axis.
1: Yeah, three-axis gyro-stabilizer. Like, I saw that one. Yeah, that's yeah
3: a- I think it was like $170, and... What kind of uh, convinced me to kind of get into it was they had a working prototype of it and a couple of uh, working prototypes instead of just um, nothing that they they like hey we want to do this but we haven't developed it yet um, um, and it also has an integrated battery pack into it so while your um, camera is or your phone is. Taking this video, you can plug your phone right into the the handheld unit itself. I thought it was pretty cool.
1: That is very cool. <laughs> I need to jump back a story for a second. Uh, in the chat room, we were talking about GIMP and so on. Actually, that's two stories ago. <laughs> Steve KD0IJP said he prefers Inkscape for graphic editing over GIMP, and Inkscape is great. It's very heavyweight though, and it's a little. I think the learning curve is a little steeper than GIMP, quite frankly. But Jim seconded his opinion about Inkscape. Uh, you, can, you can take or leave Inkscape, I think, uh, depending on if it fits your, your workflow, but uh, I personally prefer GIMP. I don't know if anybody else has an opinion on Inkscape versus GIMP, but...
3: I'm not much of an artistic type. Like, I couldn't draw. I, I'm barely good at Hangman, and uh, <laughs> so for me, GIMP seems to work pretty darn well for it's, what I can do. Anything else above Hangman, I'd have to uh, talk to someone who probably uses Inkscape.
1: The thing I like yeah. most about GIMP is it makes me feel like I'm talented. I think <laughs>
3: <so>. <laughs> that is an excellent description. <laughs> I, know. I walk away after finishing something like, "Oh, <laughs> I, okay, I could I like think I'm a graphic designer for like two seconds. And like, oh no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Inkscape's more for doing painting
4: and you know, yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, hand drawing stuff and stuff like that. And yeah, that's a much more powerful tool for that tool for that. Um, I know I've tried doing GIMP with a few things like that, and it's a, really a pain in the butt.
1: Right.
3: Yeah, just drawing straight lines is tough with GIMP type of... Uh,
1: and then you can stuff. just go way overboard and use something like Blender <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and actually do, like, animations and uh, vectorizing and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, yeah, Blender, Blender is a tool for real graphic artists, uh, not for the, <laughs> the hacks among us. So... <laughs> All right. So, anyway, that is all we had for open source topics. So, we're going to move into Linux and in the Ham Shack. And Bill has been playing around with some Echolink stuff, uh, and specifically uh, SVX Link, Qtel, and the Bridge. So, let's talk about your experiences with that.
4: Yeah. So, basically, I was setting up uh, an Echolink server for uh, so we can have a backup server for Jamboree on the Air and uh, also for the uh, National Jamboree for Boy Scouts this summer. So I kind of promised to do it, I don't know, probably like about nine months ago. And I finally got around to messing messing with it the uh, last, was it last week I started messing with it or something like that. Yeah. So I, was, uh, I found the client, you know, the bridge and or the server, the bridge. And uh, I had to compile that. And obviously, uh, I couldn't find a package for it anywhere. <laughs> and uh, so I compiled it. it. It does put stuff in weird places. Uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, I, I should have prefixed it and, and and put it all in one place but uh i just kind of went with the defaults and I, I got it up and running i i configured the uh the comp file and then i realized oh i actually have to go out and register this thing <laughs> so i can actually have my conference channel because we, we need a you know a conference bridge so a lot of uh, scouts from different areas can talk to each other and stuff like that without having to worry about propagation but that whole process was pretty easy. Basically, you, you, you send out an email uh, to the, uh, the, the manager of the Echolink stuff. You do a PayPal for $40, I believe it is, a year. And you can reserve a conference node of your choice. Uh, mine was a Star, Jambo, Star. So <laughs> uh, really easy to find for Jamboree people and uh, you know, National Jamboree people and uh, Jamboree on the air. Um, there already is a Joda 365 and a Joda BR and a bunch of other ones um, that are out there. so uh, so this this was my experience. It, it went really well I'm, I'm currently running it from my, uh, from my thinkPad here uh, on my connection. I have seen people connect to it uh, right now i'm running it in debug mode so I can kind of see all the uh, the intermediate traffic and, and what it's actually doing when it's talking to the network and and it gives you a lot of interesting uh, statistics when people are trying to connect. I was uh, talking to Russ about that the other day while we were uh, smoking a cigar and uh, how uh, if uh, your your client is connected in two different places, apparently the Echolink network only really respects one of those as the authorized client. So let's say you have your computer at home connected to Echolink and then you connect your phone and then you try to connect to a conference server with your phone. Your IP address will not match the one at home, so it will kick you out as an unauthorized user. So uh, so that was kind of interesting to watch and see uh, that on the console as it as it was flying by, hmm. but um, but yeah. Other than that, I mean, it had very minimal requirements. I don't think I even had to download any additional libraries to get to compile the compile to work. Um, like I said, it does stuff the comp file in a random place, and uh, and the executable is also in a random place as well. So <laughs> I have to uh, have to uh, load it up via the, the full path. I don't have it in my path right now. Um, but then I also looked at Qtel because I haven't hadn't used uh, the client side on the on the Linux in a long time. So uh, Qtel is uh, just a you know Qt application or Qt application, and it looks pretty much just like the Windows one. You know, minus some of the you know the menuing and stuff like that. It's not quite the same, but uh, works just the same. And uh, that one you normally can find a package in most libra- uh, most repositories. Um, if not, you can always go to svxlink.org and download it and compile it yourself. I'm pretty certain that the only thing it's going to need is QT and a compiler. So uh, yeah, yeah. if you haven't done Echo Link, it's, uh, it's still widely used. And uh, you can also connect this into uh, Asterix, so you can run all-star connections, as well as uh, you can also link it into uh, a rig if you want to actually pipe it out to uh, a local amateur radio repeater or whatever. So uh yeah, yeah, it's pretty powerful and uh and I wouldn't say too hard to get going. The hardest part was just getting the registration through, which took about twenty four hours. So once you're registered, it'll show up on the list so everybody else can connect to it.
1: Yeah, SVX Link as a server part doesn't require any of that registration. You just did the bridge and you want the registration was for the conference node, right, not for the actual. Right,
4: yeah, right. Yeah, for the conference node. For to run Qtel, you don't need anything except for a uh, valid uh login for the Echo Link network, which I believe you can get for free with the valid license.
1: Right. And uh, I, amateur license. Yeah. And I did the same thing with SVX Link. I didn't have a conference node, obviously, but I had a link node. I used my Rack School GLX connected to my two meter rig and ran SVX Link and actually had K5 TX dash L and I actually have a custom node number and everything for all of that, but I need to get it back on the air because the Raspberry Pi I was running it on is like in a drawer somewhere. So, you know, one of these days. And Qtel um, is a part, is the client part. It's written by SM0SVX, and we've talked about that a little bit before on past episodes, uh, which is a native Echolink client for Linux. You can run the Windows Echolink client under Wine, but if you want to be straight up Linux and open source, uh, SVX Link is the way to go. And I and what's the license on the bridge? Is it GPL?
4: Uh, I believe so. I have it here open. Let me see which
1: tab is it in. Uh, the bridge, <laughs> echo link. Let's see. We're all Googling. <laughs> I'm not. I'm the one that's <laughs> well, for a change, you're <laughs> not the one yeah. that's finding out yeah, all the i
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm usually the one looking everything up.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, yeah, the bridge. Let's see. I found a link to the page. Yeah, it's on
4: CQI or net, Right, CQI Right, yeah. Is it on, <clears throat>
1: is the source on GitHub? Because GitHub usually publishes the license. Uh,
4: no, they have it all on uh, SourceForge. I don't know. Well,
1: SourceForge, source right. SourceForge summary. Let's see. As we waste time. GPL2. It's GPL2. There we go. Well, that was a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, so if you want to test my notes, <laughs> you and do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, and usually I'm the one wasting everybody's time.
0: So. Hey, at least you admit
1: it. Yeah, well... <laughs> Oh, I just got the finger. (laughs) And everybody knows which one.
0: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Number
2: one. You, dear, are number one. Yes, you are.
3: Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, the only ham radio podcast that doesn't put me to sleep.
1: <laughs> hey, that's my line.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, okay.
3: I was weak.
1: <laughs> yep. That actually is Bill's line, and I left it up there because that w- he, he sent us that before he was one of the hosts. And then when he became one of the hosts, uh, I thought it was amusing just to leave it as a, t- <laughs> as a quote.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm reading it right off the website
2: here. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah.
4: <laughs> now it really doesn't put me to sleep
2: (laughs) well yeah because you never get a chance i think you've
1: fallen asleep once (laughs) and where did you get the
2: extra badgers
1: from oh the badgers that's you're gonna have to go back to listen to some back episodes if you want to find out about the badgers um i can give you a badger i think
0: yeah there we go
1: yeah well actually it's not not loud enough here we go badger (laughs)
2: that that's what he uses to cover up curse words so right instead of,
1: instead of a bleep in the edited version you hear a badger got it oh
3: i understand <laughs> so. that's badger fantastic yeah.
1: right. that's exactly how it works that's incredibly f- badger oh uh, except, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, except yeah, I said yeah. the word Oh, <laughs> uh, luckily, luckily we can say the word that's a, All- you're fired <laughs>
2: yeah uh I like can go badger yourself. I screwed my, <laughs> screwed my own badger. That's right. <laughs>
1: well, here's the thing. Uh there's a couple of segments. I mean, we're pretty much done with that part of the show. So, and we haven't heard anything from Rob. So, we might let him talk for a minute here, assuming he's like still with us. <laughs> Speaking of uh, podcasts putting people to sleep. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Did Rob go away? Is Rob gone?
0: <laughs> I'm still here.
2: All right, he's still here. Right. <laughs> he's like, what, what, what did I miss?
1: Okay, so here's what's going to happen uh, for now. I'm going to go get myself a scotch so I can do segment seven or six or whatever segment it is now. Sorry, I actually
2: grabbed a bottle. You can grab me a bottle of water, <laughs> or a couple of
1: bottles of water. I yeah, there. I can go do that as well. And then I'm going to play a song.
0: Man,
2: y'all are uh, just as crazy as you sound on the podcast in real life. Uh, yeah, pretty
0: much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of went a little lazy tonight, but I think this will be good. I hope it'll be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I did was, since I didn't have time to go to Jamendo or any of the other sites and look for music to download and play for tonight's show, um, I went straight to our good old buddy Jonathan Colton. Oh. So Jonathan Colton has a new album that's coming out at the end of this month called Solid State. He's been working on it for a long time. And he's released one of the songs from it called All This Time. And there's a video to go along with it and all of that, a full like production video and everything. And I have not heard this song yet. So, wow. So the great
2: Jonathan Worshipper has not heard the that's song That's right. Yet. I have
1: not heard the song yet. This song got mentioned in the New York Times. Cool. About uh, up-and-coming and, coming and uh, artists of interest. So it's fake so. news. So, yeah, fake news. That's right. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and play this song. It's called All This Time off of Jonathan Colton's Solid State album, which, like I said, will be out April 28th, and you can pre-order it if you go to uh, solidstate.jonathancolton.com. So let's play it and uh, see if we all like it.
5: It's de- i
1: this time by jonathan colton from the new solid state album which will be coming out in about three weeks time so very cool yeah, yeah that else. was uh, that was pretty good i, I like yeah. that
2: a, a very cool tidbit about jonathan is he's known as a geek rocker but right now amy mann who was the vocalist and bassist for uh, Til till tuesday, tuesday. Yep. he is actually her guitar player she's on uh right now he's her guitar player right now and vocalist on tour with her so and they're actually gonna be in chicago in a couple of weeks and jonathan went hey you better come to the show so we're (laughs) going to chicago at the end of the month (laughs) so but but yeah Yeah. he has jonathan has a lot of very cool you know again geek rocky things you know talks about um let's hear what are what are some of our favorite jonathan colton songs skullcrusher mountain well, so yeah, whatever.
1: all the all the big ones, but yeah. I think our I think our mutual favorite is uh, Talk with Talk George. With George. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just a, such a great song. It's like t- totally out of left field. It's basically it's a song about the life of George Plimpton. It's like why is there a song about this thing? But if you listen to it, it's just amazing. And maybe if uh, anyone wants to hang around at the end of the actual program, I can play Talk with George because we certainly don't mind listening to yeah, it no, like we, over and yeah. over again. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, positive vibes for the so, uh, yeah for the sh- uh, song anyway from the chat room, so that's good. Jonas in the chat room is mentioning uh, song a week. There was a thing that Jonathan Colton did that actually sort of vaulted him into internet musician fandom, which is his thing a week project. He had a couple of like little EPs that he released before that, but then he did he embarked on this project called Thing a Week, where he actually put out four albums where each song was a song that he wrote, produced and released
0: one once per week, one per week yeah.
1: for a solid year. There's quite a bit of great stuff on there. There's there's a couple of things that are, you know, sort of semi-forgettable, yeah. but that's going to happen when you when you sort of produce that way. But yeah, it's it's a lot of great music and that's what, uh, you know, vaulted him into stardom and sort of, you know, got him to where he is now, which is, you know, pretty amazing. Right now he is filling entire cruise ships once a year. Yeah uh there you know how there are like the fan cruises where you go see like you know Kiss play or
2: you know Yeah, Jonathan's or doing Leonard it Skinner
1: now. or whatever where they have a cruise ship and you go and see these concerts and everything well he has his own cruise ship once a year. I mean that's where he's at now. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool.
2: In, in a weird turn of events this this was kind of funny. There's a sisters out of Oregon, I believe or Washington state called the Double Clicks. I did not realize this until one of our Or one of a really good friend of mine, he used to be a professor at the local college in Springfield. Uh, He was their computer science professor. That's how we met him. And he was like, you realize that my nieces are the double clicks, right? Because I mentioned something about Jonathan one day when I was, you know, emailing him or whatever. And he was like, aren't they on a cruise with him right now? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, they're one of the bands that goes on his cruise every year. <laughs> He's like, yeah, those are my nieces. <laughs> He's like, next time they're in town visiting, I'll, I'll invite you over for dinner. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so
1: File that so, in the small world department. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so I, I actually emailed him and went, well, okay, so we have mutual friends both ways. You know, we know Jonathan, friends with Jonathan, your uncle... It was at my house 30 minutes ago and the girls are like okay that's a little weird yeah know. <laughs> yeah, so one of these but, days
1: we'll get to go on that cruise too i think <laughs> we'll see he's yeah. doing number eight i think this next one is his is eight eighth? i think it's yeah. his eighth one so there you go anyway so moving on from the music which uh seemed to be a big hit Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, Cheryl's recipe corner. So No,
2: no, no, no. We have announcements of feedback. No,
1: we. Let, oh, okay, let yeah. Eric That's do, fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick Eric in here fine. Right. That's
2: an announcement. All right, it is true.
1: All right, so Eric is here not because he's interested in our program, but because he wants to talk about something. <laughs> <laughs> <Poor So. Eric. laughs>
3: uh, just listening to the
1: program becoming more and more interested this is awesome <laughs> oh good well at, at least see now we'll let you talk okay <laughs> all right so what do you have to say eric
2: <laughs> wow that sounded kind of snotty <laughs> I,
1: didn't it i can give him a badger if we want <laughs> here you go here's one for you badger there you go all right
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, this is like one of those morning d j shows with exactly.
1: <laughs> do you know wait a whoa, whoa, whoa before we go on, do you know who Adam Curry is? yeah, well, I do do you know who Adam Curry is? oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking to Eric specifically.
3: I believe I do
1: he's not like, hes a uh, Tim Curry's son right no no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Curry was an MTV VJ, and he is he's widely considered the godfather of podcasting. He's the one who sort of he's the inv- podfather. He's the podfather. He invented the okay. medium.
3: Okay, okay. so okay.
1: so do we know who Adam Curry is now? Yes. Okay. This is what Adam Curry had to say about us. <laughs> and yes, I get another opportunity to play
0: it. So,
4: <laughs> so there's all these podcasts: Linux in the Ham Shack, uh, Ham Nation, Ham Radio Today. And let me tell you something. They all suck
1: balls, every single one of them. <laughs> it's horrible. There we go. So, <laughs> that's the good word from Adam Curry. <laughs> so now you know what kind of podcast you're on. Go for it. <laughs>
3: Linux and the Hamshack was young, needed the money. Had to suck
1: those balls. Yeah, that's
3: there right. we go. That's right. Toy blue. Badger balls, so it was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a well, delicate um, process. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually the uh, head organizer here for the March for Science, and uh, you guys are gracious enough to uh, want me to come on and yammer on about it. So um, the March for Science started in D.C. early this year, in January, and people um, heard about it and got excited, and satellite marches started popping up all over the nation Springfield was one of them. I came on board in February and started the Springfield, uh, Missouri one here. And to date, actually, we have in the U.S. over 300 marches um, going on. And across the nation is over 420. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry, across the world, globally, 420 marches. And um, it's happening on April 22nd, Earth Day and it's really to stand up and tell all of our electri- elected leaders that they need to take science seriously when they're considering government policy they need to seriously start um, seeing the benefit in funding scientific research uh, I'm, I, I i'm I assume that you guys are too but i'm i love science and have loved it all my life it's just it's just been absolutely incredible uh, what Science has done for myself and, uh, and for my family. And um, when I look at my life and, and just even talking to you, um, I just can't thank science enough, even though it doesn't really give a crap about me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyways, uh, the March for Science is coming up and, and on April 22nd, uh, and it's happening all across the globe. So if you're listening out there, there's probably one happening near you. And you can go to marchforscience.com, check out their satellite uh, map, and uh, find a, a local event near you. In fact, Bill, where do you live? Uh, Billings, Montana. In Montana? Yep. Uh, let's see what we got here. I'm <laughs> it's up like, the wait. Map. <laughs> oh, my. You've got uh, one, two, three, four, five going on in Bozeman, Billings, Montana. you got one in Billings, Montana. And... Uh, you're going to be
1: going to that. I'll shoot you
3: the link in the, in the, <laughs> the IRC.
0: Take <laughs> the
1: kids, go. Yeah. What's where's what about Rob? He lives in like oh something New York. Where do oh. you live, Rob?
2: <laughs> uh, it's called Oneonta, New York.
1: Oneonta. There we go. Uh,
3: Oneonta. Where is that located?
2: Upstate. That's about an hour uh, west of Albany.
3: Okay, you've got. Uh, well, you can look at the map. The map. Flatsburg.
2: <laughs>
3: Albany. Albany. Oh, yeah, there's one in Albany and there's one in uh, Scalori? Scalori. Use the S-C- internet,
1: which is powered by science. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, anyways, there's a ton. There's one even happening on Greenland. I, like, just uh, happened to type in Greenland and, holy crap, there is a march where, I think, six people are attending. No penguins. <laughs> <laughs> no penguins because they're all on the
1: southern hemisphere. No, I'm sorry, you're incorrect. You said six people. It's the six people. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah <laughs> the, six people.
0: the whole town is be-
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all driving their fjords over there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Very nice. We we love puns on this program, so that's great. Oh, good.
3: No badgers over the puns, right? No, nope, no, we do not badger
1: puns. That's for sure. <laughs>
3: So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, I just want to come on and encourage you guys uh, listening to to stand up for science because we've been silent for too long and we can see oftentimes, and especially in my opinion, what's going on in this current administration, how they're trying to hamstring science and uh, shove in opinions, political opinions. And um, that just doesn't serve us, uh, nor does it serve the
1: better good. All right. Excellent. I think that's the very first bit of live feedback we've ever
0: had. I know.
1: In 187 episodes, it would be great if I could speak. Speak, yeah. Uh, That's that's great. So we really appreciate that. And if you you enjoy science, get out and march for science. That would be very cool. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. There, no. There,
2: there, well, there's one more thing. Oh, there's one more thing. There's one oh. more thing. I... Eric has a friend. Oh
5: boy. That... <laughs> <laughs> I just have one. Yeah, he just
2: has one. That, that's that's a yeah. His wife's Deep not friend. even his friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a friend uh, that works for Foundation Beyond Belief, and he the the friend is actually wanting to be interviewed or maybe put an ad or something on other podcasts for anybody out there listening that does their own podcasts. Um, to help raise funds for the Humanist Service course. So yeah. if anybody out there is interested, shoot us an email, and we will make sure that it gets to Eric, and Eric will get it to, to his guy, and everybody will live happily ever after. So, Okay. <clears throat> okay. Yeah.
1: So. All right, so now we can talk about food.
2: Yes, we can talk <laughs> oh, about wait, food. Wait, wait, one more, one more. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> Bill, shut up. We're going to talk about food. Oh, man, food. Yeah, food. All right, let's Do, talk about food. Uh, uh, I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> You've been overruled. You got That's to talk right. too I'm, much I'm gonna go ham nation, but just, uh, you know, <laughs> all right, Bill.
1: We'll let you get one in. What, what do you want? What do you want to announce? Come on.
4: Uh, they're just gonna air my uh, my
1: segment for AR Newsline and then uh, ham. We, cool. don't, we don't care about ham nation. Screw that. Yeah. Oh. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: but I like it. Every, I get a lot of feedback every time I'm I, I get a spot on there with the uh, 85 DW. So <laughs> what,
2: when are they doing that?
4: This Wednesday, it'll okay. be on the AR newsline report that he records for uh, the show. There,
1: yeah. Well, you mean we're... like in two days, which means no one's going to hear yeah. this before that. So, oh, well, that's
4: true. There but are all some people, people yeah. yeah.
1: So glad you could put that out there for. A bit. <laughs>
4: well, you'll be able to play it back, right? Because they have, you know, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so if you want to hear me, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he'll fix it so I don't sound so bad. Uh, they, the the recording they put out on Friday. Uh, there was definitely some weird artifacting going on. I had to talk to him. I was like, what am I sending you that, that it gets so garbled? And I realized I'd sent him like a variable bitrate MP3 over for uh, to include in the uh, AR Newsline report. And you know, he's <laughs> nice. down mixing it to like 128. And I think somehow it's, getting, it's just getting all garbled or something like that. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to start sending you 128 because... You know, it's like, I hate playing something back and it doesn't sound the same. It's like, that's just weird.
2: Well, you, you can <laughs> sound like the teacher from, from the Peanuts <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> 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 or, 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 yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Now, this is the other one of the ham radio podcasts that sucks balls. Is that right?
1: That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 ham patient sucks balls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, every, every, every podcast except for Adam Curry sucks balls. Yeah, um, Oh yeah. yeah. No agenda <laughs> or whatever else. Right.
2: And he'll tell you all about it. Too, so. <laughs> it's
1: special. All right. Food.
2: <laughs> food, food, food. Okay.
1: Cheryl's recipe corner.
2: Okay, Cheryl's recipe corner. Um. Russ and I have both not... We, we were not big fans of asparagus. In fact, neither of us would touch it until about 10 years ago when we went to dinner with some friends and they said, here, you must try asparagus. And we're now hooked. So anyway, the, uh, the recipe I picked for this week is baked asparagus with a balsamic butter sauce, which I've had not this specific recipe, but I've had it fixed or prepared this way before. And I loved it. I'm, Russ is not big on balsamic vinegar, so I think he was kind of it, but he coped. He dealt. He, he, he'll he survive. So anyway, um, this would be great for family dinners or Christmas dinner, Easter, whatever you want to fix it for. And you need some fresh asparagus trimmed, um, some cooking spray, salt and pepper, butter, soy sauce, and balsamic vinegar. And you bake this for eh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, until it's tender, and then put a little bit of butter drizzled over the top with soy sauce and somic vinegar, and you have very tasty asparagus for dinner. So
1: well, that was quick and easy. <laughs> that was a quick and easy
2: recipe. Yeah. So
1: all right, fantastic. Go. Gotta like you know how many ingredients in that? Five. Yeah. yeah. Can't argue with that. Now the yeah. big
3: concern is is how is it coming out the other end? Well, we don't talk about that here.
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. What does it taste like? The the end result, not our responsibility. Right. We
1: we tell you how to make the food, the after effects are up to you. So, (laughs) So, all right. Let's see. Ted says, Hollandaise is good with a quart of Hollandaise on it. <laughs> well, all right. I'm not. I'm assuming he's talking about asparagus, not, uh, ho- not the the holidays, yeah, yeah. not holidays <laughs> on top of holidays. So,
2: I think next week I'm gonna do like uh, doggy biscuits or something.
1: Yeah, there you go. katie 5 hqn says we've redeemed ourselves because we like asparagus now. Yes, so. there we go. Yeah, Ru- right.
2: Russ has got me to eat broccoli. That-
1: oh, broccoli. That's yeah. some good stuff. But you still don't eat cauliflower, and actually, yeah. cauliflower is much better than broccoli. So yeah, I'm I'm trying. I'm I really
2: trying. <laughs> Just not a fan. So All right.
1: No. Well, you're never going to get me any green beans. So we're even, I guess. Or beets. Or beets. Yeah, that too. Can't stand beets. Mm, yeah,
2: green beets. beans and beets are really good.
1: Oh, I heard it. Yeah, that. I like the green beans.
2: Yeah, I love pickled beets, and Russ just. Bleh. No, no, that's nasty. Yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> no.
1: Green beans are one of my favorite. <laughs> see
2: see everybody well, likes green beans you know what for you uh,
1: this is what i say to everybody who likes something i don't there's more for you okay
0: <laughs> 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 so,
1: so that being said talking about things that i like and other people don't we're going to move on to my uh whiskey corner so uh i poured myself a glass i went a little different this week um and i'm not drinking a scotch shame on you Well, no, there's no shame in not drinking scotch. Come on. (laughs) No. What I am drinking, though, is a single malt Indian whiskey. Ah. So this is called Amroot Fusion. Uh, Amroot is Alpha Mike Romeo Uniform Tango. And uh, this is the fusion version of it. It's a single malt Indian whiskey, so it's not a Scotch, as we've already established. One nice thing about Indian scotches, or Indian scotches, I should say, whiskies. Indian whiskies, is that they tend to be like a lot of Indian cuisine, sort of spicy. They have a they have an actual spice note, which is nice. So I've got this. It's a very. It's actually a light color. It's a. It's a nice golden color. It's a light gold color. It's not a. It's not a dark amber or anything like that. This is actually 100 proof, so it's uh, fairly strong in the whiskey world. So it's uh, half
3: alcohol.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is half alcohol. So I'm nosing it right now. If you're nosing uh, strong liquor, make sure you keep your mouth open. Otherwise, you'll get bowled over by it. It has a tiny little bit of peat, which is surprising. I don't know that there are any peat bogs in India, but... Uh, <laughs> um. There is a little peat there. There's a little of the oak note from the casks. It's citrusy for sure. There's like lemon and vanilla. I don't really get much more of it off of that. My palate, my nose and my palate are not the most uh, refined in the world. So I just kind of tell you what I I got here. So let's taste it. It's actually like like I wasn't really tasting it. Now I'm really tasting it. (laughs) Um, You can taste the peat in it. There's pepper, almost like uh, black pepper, a little cayenne. Uh, definitely some citrus, like, orange, uh, there's still vanilla, and oak, yeah, and a little bit of herbal, like an herbal, um, I'm not sure, kind of like a fennel, maybe? Something like that? Fennel or parsley, or, I don't know, something herbal, for sure.
2: Parsley is better.
1: Yeah, so it's, there's a, that peppery thing, too, because, um, because there was, like, pepper and cayenne and that kind of thing in it. and it's very stout. <laughs> It's got a little bit of, uh, like, even on the top of the mouth and down the throat, it's definitely, I mean, I'm sure the 100 proof is part of it, but uh, there's definitely some spice heat there as well. So, definitely different in the the whiskey world, the single malt world. So, if you're looking for a little change from your scotches or maybe your, like, barrel strength uh, bourbons and stuff like that, you could give Amrut Fusion a try. I think the bottle price on it is somewhere around $60 US for a fifth. So that's about where that's at. I'm going to give this an 85 on a scale of 0 to 100. So there you go. Not not bad. Omroot uh, Fusion, give it a try. We
4: we'll mentioned uh, Hamvention.
1: Oh, yeah, we didn't mention Hamvention. I guess we should do that because it's getting close now. Uh, the generosity campaign is still up and going. Um, we did receive a funds distribution from the current donations, so we will be able to purchase the booth. We're already booked. Every you know bills flying in, so where this thing's all happening? But anything we get it beyond this point will help us to purchase the things that we'll be bringing with us, which will be like the distributions, promo items to bring. So it looks like we're going to be having pint glasses, shot glasses, T-shirts thumb drives uh and there'll be eight gig thumb drives so they'll be decent ones what
3: are you gonna put on the thumb drives
1: well we're gonna put linux distros on them uh okay. so people can then boot and install distros and then, of course they're just eight gig thumb drives that you know at that point so you can use them for whatever you want to so links to the generosity campaign of course will be in the show notes they're already on the website i'm tweeting and putting on facebook and google plus information about them every week or so because i don't want to indonate people you know with our campaign but if you're willing to donate a few bucks please do so there's lots of perks and if you want one of the perks make sure you click on the perk links don't click on the donate button up at the top and if you can't donate financially please go ahead and get on the social media networks or go talk to your friends your neighbors your family your clubs or whatever you're interested in just uh tell everybody about it We want to have as much stuff. We want to bring as much with us so we can offer as much as we possibly can at Hamvention this year. And it's going to be a good time. Bill's going to be with us. And uh, it's just going to be like listening to the show. It's going to be fantastic. And because the podcast is actually supposed to be recorded on the Monday before Hamvention, and we're not actually going to be able to do it that Monday, we are going to record whatever episode number that is at Hamvention. So it'll be a totally live episode. And hopefully we'll be able to stream it. We don't know if we will be able to at this point, but hopefully we can. So that should be interesting and hopefully we can get some uh people who are at the show to to jump in and be a part of it. That'll be uh it'll be a first for us and that'd be a lot of fun, I think. All right, so guess what? We're down to the social media roundup.
2: Okay, so support subscriptions. We have John Fochke, Bob Yerkey, James Blocker, Robert Pitts, Dylan Engel, Steven Sayner, Edward Donnelly. Scott Pettigrew, John Clark, Paul Griffith, Michael Connolly, Donald Gover, Kevin Murray, Alan Wilson, Brian Smith, Ronald Ikey, Robert Doherty, uh, Christopher Weaver, Jonas Rullo, Michael Aiello, Darren King, Jeremy Hall, Robert Halliday, Wayne Carpenter, Doug Rudder, Johnny Kinsey, Bill Stearns, Bill Pioter, and Charlie Brown
1: all right and because of an unfortunate problem with the etherpad we will not be able to bring the rest of the social media roundup to you this week and we're going to have to do some tricky skull badgery in post-production to get the end of this program out to you which we're doing right now we will catch up with all of our new mailing list subscribers and followers on the different social media networks next time but for this time i'm going to press the outro button and then we're going to get on to the end of the show you can become an LHS ambassador. Visit the website for upcoming events and information on how you can represent Linux in the Ham Shack at a nearby LinuxCon or Ham Fest. We love feedback. You can email us at info at lhspodcast.info. You can comment on an episode on the website, post on Google, Facebook, or Twitter, or leave a voicemail for us at 1909 LHS Show. That's 909 547 7469. Visit our IRC channel, Octothorpe LHS Podcast, on the Freenode Network, and subscribe to our mailing list. Show merchandise from coffee mugs to t-shirts to wall clocks and lots of other stuff can be purchased at www.cafepress.com, stroke You can also help the show by clicking on the sponsored ads in the right-hand column of the homepage. Listen live every other Monday night at 8 o'clock Central Time, that's early Tuesday morning, 0100 Zulu in the summer, and 0, 0200 Zulu in the winter. Our recording schedule and countdown timer to the next episode are on the website. Please check out http colon stroke stroke LHS podcast info for everything you ever wanted to know about the show. Thank you to all of our listeners live and quasi live past, present, and future, and to those who have given us their time, ears, shares, and money. We appreciate each and every one of you. So signing off for me, Russ K5TUX, Cheryl... Who sits across from me, Bill, N E 4 R D, who sits somewhere in Billings, Montana. And our guest tonight, Eric Wells and Rob, Kilo Delta 2, Mike Sierra Romeo from up in Oneonta, New York. Thanks for sitting in with us. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the program. This has been episode 187 of Linux in the Ham Shack. The next time we get together with all of you, it's going to be at Hamvention. So take care, everyone. See you there and catch you in a couple of weeks bye bye now
0: lost my place.